Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Helmets. All right, here we are with our week three preview. Week two is in the books. Started out this week, Caleb. I want to talk to you about this first because we've all had some strong opinions about Kirk Cousin and the Philadelphia Eagles. This game on paper, it seemed like it was going to be a great matchup. Primetime Kirk versus Jalen Hurts, Thursday night game. As you know, the Eagles win 34-28. Stat box looks different than the game. Break this game down for me. I've heard a lot of people talking a lot of things, but let's talk about how this actually went down. What does this mean for the two teams? I wouldn't worry too much if you're a Vikings fan or if you're rooting for the Vikings in this game. Kirk Cousins looked great. 360 yards, four touchdowns. I think the problem was the Eagles dominated time of possession. I think they had probably 40 rushes this game. Swift had 28 carries. They just dominated the, the clock, really. Because right. so. at halftime it was, what, 27-10? Yeah. Eagles had a few turnovers. Like Eagles were not projecting themselves to be well. And Kirk steadily was just coming back. Is that right, Josh? Third quarter hijinks, is, is that how this game really... Um. Well, primetime Kirk, that curse is broken. He looked amazing. <laughs> he looked really well. I think the team failed him. His O-line really didn't help him out. Obviously, the, the middle of that defense didn't help him out with Swift having 175 rushing yards. It's kind of hard to win a game when you let an opposing running back do that to you. Kirk Cousins, like I said, looked fine. I think if Justin Jefferson caught that ball and didn't fumble it out of the end zone at right. the beginning of the game, obviously the Vikings would have won. So a lot of mistakes around the whole team. Kirk Cousins... Again, for the third time, I wouldn't blame him for this. He played great. Yeah, and just like the time of possession, as Caleb said, 40 minutes on offense for the uh, Eagles team, and uh, they had 260 rushing yards total this game. The Vikings had 28. Uh, people <laughs> just seem to forget that the Viking, or sorry, the Eagles' run defense has been right. outstanding over the years, and then they add guys through the draft, several t- first-round picks on the defensive line, and they're playing well right now. So they just added even more so to that defensive line. People should be worried about teams that are running against the Eagles' D-line. Yeah, I think uh, it, the games look different than the, than the scores look, I think, sometimes, uh, because you know, 34-28 means that the, the Vikings did a lot of their scoring in the third and fourth quarter. Eagles did very little score, but it was enough for the Eagles to hold off for the win. So, again, two weeks in, don't hit the panic button is what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything to panic about, it would be the uh, Minnesota Vikings defense. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of young guys. They lost a bunch of corners, uh, just veterans and other guys. Uh, Their defense has not looked great. Uh, Daniil Hunter, the edge rusher, is now back. He's looked great. But beyond that, it's been pretty rough for them going forward. The Eagles did have a touchdown called back. It could have been an even worse score despite them only passing for, I think, 150 or 170 passing yards. So why is everybody so quick to hate on Kirk Cousins? Um, He's very Tony Romo. He does what he has to do. <laughs> yeah. He's a top very pedestrian. 16 quarterback. He'll throw a pick every now and then. He's forced to be in situations where he has to throw right. at the end of the game, so that ends up being a pick a lot of times. I, I don't know why everyone hates on. I think he's a solid quarterback. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's everyone, a quarterback one right now, actually. Yeah, everyone likes him as a person, right? Everyone saw the quarterback <laughs> uh, Netflix series right. that they put out, and people like him even more so. But obviously, we're talking about the game of football, and people they don't see the Vikings win enough with him either. I mean, last year they went thirteen and three, thirteen and four, I believe. Um, but they don't see the big wins from him, and that's what people are expecting from a guy like this who plays well like this in a game against the Eagles. He put up 300-plus yards, 370 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Like He played outstanding, yeah, yeah. but the result is not there. There's no win. So, All right, a couple 1 o'clock games we want to mention. Uh, Baltimore goes into the Bengals 27-24. They win. What's really the tale of this game? Whew. Burrow's calf? Uh, I wouldn't blame that. He looked fine until they lost. 
but uh, until he didn't. Until the last drive when he started limping off the field. Um, I think the Bengals are just out of sync. None of them played preseason. Joe Burrow was working out his contract. He got paid, obviously. We saw last week he didn't show up. I think he still has a lot of rust on him. The whole team, the whole offense really looked stale outside of T. Higgins, who had, I think, two touchdowns, 20 fantasy points, if I remember. The Ravens, they're banged up. They've lost their center. They've lost their running back. They lost a corner. They lost a linebacker. They lost left tackle. Left tackle. They've lost everything again for the third year in a row, and they still won. So I think the Bengals are just coming in really cold this year. Yeah, and the Ravens were better at basically everything through this game. Uh, Many more first downs. Total yards was, I think, 415. Uh, Better passing, rushing. Uh, time possession, just literally everything through this game. They were better, so I'm surprised that the score was only a three-point game uh, because the Bengals did score, I believe, on special teams and defense. So it could have been a much better game for the Ravens. And the Bengals once again are stale on offense. I think Joe Burrow only had 220 passing yards. Um, yeah, and their run game just—it's—it's it's been all right. It hasn't been anything special. They haven't right. scored on the ground yet, so we're looking forward to seeing, uh, obviously, Joe's Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon bouncing back. Hopefully, against this Rams team upcoming. If you're a fan of offense, would turn your attention to Seattle visiting the Lions. I think a lot of people had the Lions projected, especially after beating the Chiefs, to come off with a big win here. Geno Smith wasn't having it. Seattle wins 37-31. Uh, this game, eh, I mean, it was it was some offense for sure. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I think, I mean, look at the score, 37-31. There wasn't a lot of defense being played this game. The Rams, I know they – or not the Rams, sorry. The Lions, they had a lot of injuries in this game. C.J. Gardner-Johnson tore his pectoral muscle. He's out probably for the rest of the year. Um, Dave Montgomery has a thigh contusion, which I'm sure if you had a Charlie horse on your upper leg, you know what that feels like. He's going to be out for probably a few weeks. Um, so just a lot of injuries on the Lions, some key name starters. Seattle, they didn't they didn't go away. That's what it was. Yeah, Geno Smith away. didn't make that many mistakes. He didn't look great. I think Kenneth Walker, he only had 40 yards, two touchdowns, so – I don't really know. I think it was just poor defense all around. Yeah, the Lions' red zone defense wasn't great. I believe all their touchdowns came from the red zone. Um, Obviously, that's how it should happen. You don't want to allow big plays. But they just weren't able to stop the Seahawks when they did get in the red zone. As Caleb said, Kenneth Walker, two rushing touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, two red zone receiving touchdowns. Uh, It's going to be tough for teams, especially when you lose guys in the secondary like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, to protect against all three of these receivers in Lockett, Metcalf, and JSN. So it's going to be tough going forward. Um, so hopefully, as JSN gets more snaps, we'll see uh, you know, how defenses plan against that. I want to talk about the Colts game. At one point, uh, their starting quarterback goes down and already has, what, 18 fantasy points yeah. in the first quarter. They win 31-20 over Texas. Texans look out of sync. C.J. Stroud not really finding his groove yet. Uh, but Averidge looks great, and obviously Minshew comes in and continues to keep their foot on the gas, despite not having Jonathan Taylor. Uh, great game to watch, but what's our biggest takeaway for the Colts? The biggest takeaway is the Colts with a running back is a way better team. Yeah. It opens yeah. up everything. Um, Zach Moss, I, he probably had a million carries. He yeah. had like 80 yards, touchdown, it looked really good. Um, the Texans, they're just the Texans. Um, CJ Stroud looks fine. He hasn't thrown a pick yet this year. He's playing good. He's playing safe. They just don't have, I don't know how to word it, it. They don't have it. They don't have that X factor in offense yet. Damian Pierce is off to a slow start. He's a buy low candidate if you want to get him in fantasy. But um, the Colts, (laughs) they look really good. Anthony Richardson, if you're a Colts fan, you're really excited. He looks like the legit package that you drafted fourth overall. Yeah, and their offense looks way better with Steichen. We saw what he could do with with a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts last year. He had a bit, obviously, a bit of success before that offensive scheme was put in place. 
Uh, and Anthony Richardson being a rookie, we can't compare the two. But the offense looks great. They're getting turnovers on defense in both games. They're scoring off those plays as well. Um, and Anthony Richardson came out hot. C.J. Stroud as well. I think he threw for nearly 400 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. We saw the emergence of Nico Collins and the guy that he's really been targeting as his number one guy throughout the whole offseason. So maybe that can be a good combo going forward as two young players. Uh, but as Caleb said, they don't have that it as of now. They're a very young team. I know the Colts are as well, but uh, the Texans just they look like the younger, uh, not quite their team. But they didn't play entirely terrible. It just wasn't enough to keep up. Yeah, I want to move on to the the Bears. Uh, the Bears just are not getting anything going. Baker Mayfield looks like he's absolutely on fire. 27-17. I know you've been a big fan of Bakers, Caleb. I mean, yeah. I mean, I separate <laughs> personality with play. I yeah, think yeah. he's a fine player in the yeah. right situation. You saw his second year in the league, where, or it was rookie year, when he was the rookie of the year. And then his third year, I believe, was Stefanski. They went to the playoffs. It was his last year with the Browns. Right. I think he's a great quarterback overall. But the biggest part of this game is the Bucks' defense. They played amazing. And then also Mike Evans. Everyone was crying this offseason. I don't want to draft him in fantasy, blah, 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 blah. Just draft him. I did. He's been this guy for the past decade. He's been the, one of the most consistent receivers of all time, arguably. He's had 1,000 yards every single year of his life. Has the record. I think he's tied with Jerry Rice. Is that what the record is? Which record? I believe so. Yeah, so he has the most 1,000-yard seasons mm-hmm. consecutively. He hasn't been bad. He's been. He was the X factor in this game. He looked very good. Deep touchdowns, deep catches. Just looked like primetime Mike Evans again. Yeah, I mean, the Bears just haven't been able to put pressure on the opposing offenses at all. You saw Jordan Love and go out there and shred them. You saw Baker Mayfield throw. As you're talking about Mike Evans, I think he had 170 yards or something. Like, you shouldn't be able to allow that. I know, I understand there's been injuries in the secondary for the Bears, but this, this, this GM and this this team should be in question going forward because they just have not been able to string together much. They've had some questionable decisions why trading pick thir- I know it wasn't pick 32 at the time, but you weren't a good team at that point in time either. So it was a high second-round pick going to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. Uh, he's essentially been threatened to be cut from the team because if he doesn't show the effort that they're looking for, and obviously it doesn't show up in games either. So they're paying up for guys that aren't putting up results, guys like Valus Jones and others on this offense. I know they got DJ Moore, but they didn't really gain anything from being the worst team last year. Uh, but they do get a first upcoming in this next draft, so we'll see. Uh, but it is looking for likely that they're going to be a top pick once again. So a little uneventful, I think. Two uh, powerhouses, highly ranked power-ranked teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, Jacksonville Jaguars. KC goes Jacksonville. They win 17-9, kind of a ho-hum game. I don't think we can really learn anything here. Neither team particularly looked bad or good. It's just one of those kind of eh games. But, it, you know, it, it was what it was. The game that I think is a surprise, and none of us are buying this yet, I'm sure, but Green Bay loses to Atlanta 24-25 in Atlanta. Not exactly the outcome we thought, even with the young Green Bay Packer team. Uh, I don't want to be annoying, but I think I picked the Falcons last week. You did pick the Falcons um, last week. <laughs> I think they're fine. Their running backs, their running game, however you want to call it, how they play their offense is hard to stop. It's kind of what the Eagles did this week. They have Bijan Robinson, who is that guy. You saw mm-hmm. him have over 100 scrimmage yards for the second week in a row. He's great. They have Algier, who also scores touchdowns and is very efficient. I think he runs four and a half yards a carry as well. So very hard to stop that run game. Desmond Ritter is not really dangerous in the air, but they control time and possession. It's hard to get them off the field. It wears out the defense, and that's hard in the NFL to stop. Yeah, and it's just we're still trying to figure out what this Packers team is without Aaron Rodgers, obviously, Uh, all these young weapons on offense. So we're still trying to figure that out. 
They did see miscues at the end of the game where they could have likely uh, been the winner of this game if everything was going smoothly for them. But they had miscues. They had problems. They do have a young team, so that should be expected. But as Caleb said, the Falcons are a run-heavy team, and no one's looking likely to stop them right now. They have a great offensive line. They're working to their strengths on offense because Desmond Ritter is clearly not the strength of the offense. Um, but, yeah, their run game is hot right now, and we'll see if anyone can stop them. Yeah, I <clears> – <throat> You know, we've talked about off-air about the the skill position, the quarterback for the Falcons and Ritter. He seems to be getting it done, Caleb, like you said. Uh, not very impressive, not blown away by what he's doing, but uh, whatever it costs, I guess, to get the win. Another 1 o'clock game, uh, Vegas, they visit Buffalo. Raiders put up 10 points, Buffalo 38. Again, we were freaking out about Josh Allen's play against the Jets. How does this start to shape up for the Buffalo Bills team with the two games that they've had? Oh, I don't know how to word that. What's it called? When he, it's a gimme. What's it called? That's it's the, a gimme. Yeah, yeah a I think gimme. that's what the matchup was. The mulligan. Yeah, the Raiders. Ah, they're the Raiders. They stopped the run. The linebackers for the Bills for the first time I've seen in five years stopped the run this game. Josh Jacobs looked awful. I think he had negative yards rushing this yeah. game. He had 50 receiving yards though. So they really put a lot of pressure into the backfield, forced Jimmy G to throw the ball, and that that didn't work. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, they had no Jacoby Myers in this game as well, but they still had Devontae Adams. They still had Hunter Renfro. Like, the, this, the Raiders aren't – there's no high expectancy for this team, and obviously they're not a very good roster. Um, and putting the pressure on Jimmy G to match Josh Allen is absolutely never going to work on a team like the Raiders. <laughs> um, so I don't – yeah, I, th- I think the, the encouraging thing is that Josh Allen didn't show up and look like Josh Allen against the Jets. <laughs> right. And we know the Jets are a much better Josh. team, much better defense, uh, but, man – it's it's good to see that he played well, but uh, I don't think this this doesn't move the sticks in terms of saying that he's you know completely closer to what he was in our assumption of how he should play. I think moving forward, just just hope that he continues to play well, and uh, as long as it's not against the Raiders, it should be uh, up to par. I think even Bills fans are questioning what their team is at this point. I got a text asking if the Raiders are just that bad or are we actually improving. Um, and I encouraged him because I said the Raiders, I don't think the Raiders aren't that good. But, I mean, the Bills will be fine, I told yeah. him, as Josh Allen settles down. Yeah, I know? think p- people also forget that we're two weeks into the NFL season. so Two people, weeks of panic. People are going to look better than they are. People are going to look worse yeah. than they are. So it'll all balance out through time. Yeah, let's see how it shapes out. All right, another game that with a surprise ending, I think. One of you guys called this one 24-27. Titans beat the Chargers. Making the Chargers now, I believe, 0-2 on the season, which is hard to believe. But what's the tale of that? How were the Titans able to pull this off? That was me picking the Chargers. Right. You know, every time I believe in the Chargers, they just let me down. So it's it's unfortunate. But <laughs> I thought one of you picked the Titans as an upset. You did. You're you're batting a thousand, Kalen. Hey. What can I say? That's all right. <laughs> I think that it's we don't have to talk about it at all. It's Brandon Staley. He's been the problem. We've known this. We talked about it last year. Weeks on in. He can't win these close games. It's always one possession games. Nothing's changed. They score yeah. more points, still lose. So we can move they to just, the next. They just know how to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's rough. They also had no Austin Eckler in this game. We know that's a big contributor to this game. But, I mean, the Titans just steadily are bad but play good. Like it's they great coaching. Great coaching. Yeah. Uh, and Their roster is filled with great older guys. You have Kevin Byard and others. Uh, they do have young players like Jeffrey Simmons that play well. Derrick Henry still there and playing pretty good. Um, it's just it's strung together. So it's it's is we always feel like it's it's close to them falling over, but they're always just kind of kind of stick around. It feels like. 
Yeah, a game I'm not I'm not sure that many people had the Rams in this game at all. Your first four o'clock game, San Francisco goes to the Rams. They win thirty to twenty three. I don't think there's a surprise. I think the only question mark we don't have to talk about it is what happened with them kicking the field goal to make the point spread. A little weird, but we're gonna leave that right there where it was. Money. Yeah. I don't think this changes the or any you know, the league or anything with this outcome. Uh, the Giants get their first win against the Cardinals, no surprise, except the Cardinals play tough. They win thirty one twenty eight, the Giants do. Cardinals stuck in there for a while. Uh, the Jets visit Dallas. I don't think it's any surprise. Dallas takes care of them 30-10. to 10. Uh, And then Washington, of course. Now, this one, we live here in commander country, of course. <laughs> and uh, commander fans do not believe in this team at all. They so, should. Well, and I'm trying to encourage commander If you're listening, commander fans, you have a chance. You have a great offensive coach now. Riverboat Ron doesn't seem to be contributing much, which is what you want. You have offense and defensive talent. Let the young guys play. And they did. They beat Big Russ 35-33 in Denver, which is hard to win in Denver, especially with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Uh, Dolphins go to New England. No surprise there. They own Belichick, or I should say Tua owns Belichick, 27-17. The Saints go to Carolina on Monday Night Football, one of two. And they win 20-17 in kind of a ho-hum game. Not really much going on there. Derek Carr looks rusty. The rookie looks rusty in Carolina. Nobody's really looking sharp. It was good to see Big Mike catching some balls, no lave, but nothing really. The tale is, and we're going to stop with the final game Monday night, 22-26. Pittsburgh squeaks out the win with, yeah, Watt picking up a fumble and, and taking it to the house. Other than that, the biggest news from this game, Josh, is the loss of a key player. Yeah, it's uh, Nick Chubb. If you watch the game, uh, you probably saw the play. It's unfortunate. Yeah, he's he has he has a history with a knee injury as well through college. Uh, he tore every ligament in his knee. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was brutal then, and it was even more brutal. Do we know if it's the same knee on Monday? Yeah. It is the same knee. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's tough to see one of the top ten offensive players in the NFL get wiped out for a season like that, potentially yeah. for his career. Uh, we'll and see. It, it's. It's just weird. They post him with Bo Jackson and how efficient he's been through 500, what was it, 500-plus um, drives? Sna- I don't yeah. remember specifically what it was. But anyways, in the same tier as Bo Jackson in terms of efficiency, and of course uh, a very unfortunate injury occurs to him in this game. So We try not to talk about character when it comes to like the bad stuff because we try to, you know, football's an escape for us like it is many of you where we want to watch the game and not think about all life, really. But this is kind of the opposite, where this is just a great guy who, who's just been good for the league and good for his team and, and a workhorse and trustworthy. You never hear him say anything. No, he's just a great guy. And so he can as squat much as, 600, though. Yeah. As much as we hate to talk about character, let's celebrate the character of Chubb, who's a class act. Yeah, and I mean, he's going to be happy for his guy, Jerome Ford, coming in here. He's the number two. Filling in as the number one, if you also watched the game, he came out and had Explosive. a long run, one yard short of a touchdown, but he had... I think over 100 yards on the ground. He played very well. So I think you know the character and the guy that Nick Chubb is going to be happy for Jerome Ford. Uh, it's just unfortunate that we have to miss out on what Chubb is in the season. Yeah, on the other side of the ball, I think the, the MVP of the Steelers was Alex Highsmith. Yeah. He had a pick six. Early on. Yep, early, I think it was the first play of the game. Yeah. Yeah, pick six. He had a the forced fumble that sealed the game at the end that Watt recovered and scored with. He's been everywhere on the field. It, it's He's a monster. He's terrifying. He... I mean, it's early. He could be in the race for Defensive Player of the Year if he keeps us up. He's been lights out. The sidebar to that, one of their team captains on defense, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, was in the hospital. He's already been released. But there was definitely some some damage in that game, uh, for sure, for both sides. So Um, Kareem Hunt's visiting already, the news is saying. So if you're a fantasy owner, uh, what do you do? What's the situation that you look at? You pick up Hunt. 
in case he goes there. I'm sure he will sign because they don't really have depth anymore. He's, I'm checking leagues. He's already getting picked up. In a yeah, he's he got let go, not re-signed last year because he wasn't efficient. He lost all his touches last year. Sure. He was he was not the same guy yeah. he was obviously when he was on the Chiefs years ago. So he would just be there as depth, help the room out, morale. He knows the offense very well, help the young guys. That's basically it. I wouldn't want to start him or anything. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the backfields in the NFL the, and how the teams get rid of the they get rid of the veteran that's older, and they like you look at Ezekiel Elliott and so forth, Melvin Gordon in years mm-hmm. past. They've been the guy. They don't have the elite top end athleticism to hold on to that job and be explosive and be you know provide much more for this offense. And Jerome Ford, you saw in his not his first start, but his first game. Uh, you know, playing and having yeah. the most majority of the touches, he had very much so explosive runs. He had runs where he uh, got stuffed on one side of the field and ran all the way back to the other side of the field. Uh, so he has the explosiveness that uh, that we did not see from Kareem Hunt, sure. but he brings in a familiarity to the offense. Uh, he was just too expensive for them, and uh, it doesn't make sense for them to get him back and just plug and play him as a starter. I think he would be coming in to fill the shoes and to kind of have the same role he already did. Yeah, well, we hope that he comes back and that he makes the speedy recovery and is able to play football again. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Okay, as we jump inside the the numbers for this week, let's look at our top fantasy performers. Uh, Josh, if you would, let's give me our top five quarterback uh, performers as far as fantasy points. Yeah, here's five guys that are always at the top five of your lists. Uh, Daniel Jones, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Josh Dobbs, and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Daniel Jones had over 30. Kirk Cousins was close to 30 as well. Uh, Russell Wilson, Josh Dobbs, Jalen Hurts all had 25 points. Um, Kirk Cousins was very impressive through the air, but most of these guys yeah. got a lot done on the ground. Yeah, indeed. And your top five running backs, Caleb? Yeah, these are also people you always see. Um, Brian Robinson, 28 <laughs> points. He had two touchdowns. That's why he only had 80 rushing yards. Kyron Williams was a waiver wire steal last week. Mm-hmm. They're talking about trading cam makers. He put up 28 points, 50 rushing yards, 50 receiving yards, two total touchdowns, stud. Next, Saquon Barkley. He might miss this week, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But 60 rushing yards, a touchdown, 27 fantasy points. DeAndre Swift, 28 touches, 175 rushing yards, 27 points. Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins, 25 points, 120 rushing yards, two touchdowns. And our wide receivers, as we look at the wide receivers for this week, it looked like Keenan Allen with 31 points. Uh, we've been calling him Pikachu, but, you know. We like to we well okay. I like to mess up names <laughs> sometimes intentionally. It's a it's a Puka Nakua. Is that how they say it or Nakua? Nakua. 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 I'm terrible at names. Josh, you should read them all. With 30 points, he's had a great couple of weeks, guys. He's really yeah. been lights out for two weeks. Yeah, I was going to say he has I think 10 more targets than Justin Jefferson, who's second in targets in the NFL, and he had a 55 percent target share in week two. So he's that's that is not common. It's like week Calvin to week. Johnson that's, level target that's, share. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's not realistic, but he's having a great start. Yeah, hey, if and he's if he's catching the ball, you sell know, him. sell him. Sell Maddie him. stats is going to keep going. Mike Evans, as you know, had a great week with 29 points. T. Higgins stepped up with 28.9. And Nico Collins with 27.6. Let me go ahead and finish up tight ends. My favorite position, as you know, T.J. Hawkinson, the Hawkstrap with 25 points. Hunter Henry, 17 points. Mark Andrews coming through for those of you like me who have him in most of your leagues and just praying he gets the ball. 15 points. Darren Waller had a great week with 13.6. Travis Kelsey didn't look like he had a great week but was in the place to get 12 fantasy points so that is your fantasy leaders from week two um we want to jump inside the stats as you know this is a segment where we dive just a little bit deeper into some of last week's stats give you some information you may not know josh what do you have for us this week we're going to start off with the stat leaders for all positions uh quarterbacks first of course 
Uh, we have two attack of Aloha with 715, Kirk Cousins 708, Matthew Stafford 641, the rookie CJ Stroud 626, and Jared Goff 576. Uh, running leaders, you have Christian McCaffrey 268, uh, B. John Robinson 180, DeAndre Swift one game, starter 178 yards, Nick Chubb 170, James Cook 169. Uh, you have receiving leader Justin Jefferson at 309, Puka Nakua with 266, Tyreek Hill with 255, Mike Evans 237, and Nico Collins 226. Uh, your defensive leaders, you have your guys who were at the top last year, Zaire Franklin with 30, uh, Bobby Wagner 28, TJ Edwards 26, Cam Bynum 25, Javon Holland the safety with 25 as well. And your sack leaders, you have Daniil Hunter, TJ Watt with 4, Montez Sweat, Josh Allen, Odigazua for the Cowboys with three. Uh, also your interception leader, Jordan Whitehead, three in week one. He still holds on to that with three this week. Matt Milano, Jesse Bates, and Kareem Jackson all have two. Um, and that's it for that uh, for the stat leaders of the season so far. But we have a few other stats. Uh, we're going to go to the New England and Dolphins game. We have uh, two attack of Aloha. He's the first quarterback to win five straight starts versus the Patriots mm. while Bill Belichick has been there. Mm. So he's had the best start out of anybody and within the division against Bill Belichick. So Bill Belichick yet to beat Tua. Um, and the Patriots are 0-2 to start the season for the first time since 2001. So right, uh, their worst start since Tom Brady. So it's it's unbelievable, but yeah. we'll see if the Patriots can bounce back. Uh, they've been they've been better on offense with Bill O'Brien, but we'll see if they can ever come back and bounce back to the reputation that they had. Obviously no Tom Brady, but we'll see if they can get it going once again. For sure. Josh, as always, thank you. I'm going to wrap up this week so we can start talking about and previewing next week. Your Ravens are 2-0, and winning the North. Currently, Jacksonville, Colts, and Titans all have one win, one loss in the South. Tua, Tungavailoa, and the Dolphins are the only 2-0 and team uh, currently in the AFC East, so they're winning the division. Uh, your Raiders are tied with the Chiefs at 1-1, one one, so your Raiders and Chiefs lead that division. Surprisingly, Packers-Lions, both 1-1 one and one over in the North in the NFC. And we have a slate of 2-0 and o teams in the South. Unpredictable. But the Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers, all 2-0 and o, while the Panthers are 0-2. And, and uh, just like last year, they were hot last year, the NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, all 2-0, and o, Giants 1-1. One and one. That looks like a tough division. And then finally, your West leaders for the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. So it's already shaping up to be a great week. All right. Let's look at this week three. Um, as you know, we like to give you locks and upsets, so we are looking at the week three schedule now. Guys, I never mind giving you mine right off the bat. Um, I don't know how Pittsburgh's favored to beat Vegas. I mean, we know Pittsburgh is a good football team year in, year out, but they struggle. I don't know how long they keep the Kenny Pickett thing up. That that seems to be – that's I'm on Pickett watch now. This is For sure. Two weeks of Pickett starting. And they're and listen, in prime time again. Yeah. And can I say this, Mike Tom? I know you don't listen to the show, but let's humor me for a second. It's time to move on and find somebody not in your locker room that can potentially lead this offense because your guy is uh, not getting it done. So, that said, uh, somehow the Dolphins, um, Dolphins, the Steelers are currently favored by a point and a half. Vegas is at home. Vegas is your upset. Easy peasy. Caleb, what's your upset? <sighs> There's too many games. <laughs> no, you gave me your upset. So, are you rethinking it? There is a couple of weird spreads in here for sure. Yeah, there is. I was, man. Yeah, you made me rethink my life. Josh, you go first. <laughs> second, you go you second. You go first. Okay. Um, you said upset. Yep. I'm going to be picking 
the Indianapolis Colts over the Baltimore Ravens. Um, hmm. I, this is, I don't know, the Ravens have been cold. Yep. Uh, it's a new offense under Todd Munkin. Um, I think everyone's trying to get adjusted to it. They have Zay Flowers, who is hopping in as their wide receiver one right now, currently, uh, in this new offense. And I don't know, it's it's these are very two new teams in terms of offense, and I think I'm just going to pick Anthony Richardson. I think he's looked consistently explosive. I know he hasn't finished either one of his games. Is he clear from... Con- he is cleared. Okay. Um, I just I, I like the consistency that the Colts have on offense right now. They look confident, and uh, their defense made a ton of plays. This is a hurt secondary for the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone picked the Bengals in a bounce-back game for all their receivers against the Ravens, and I'm picking them, the Colts for the same reason, just uh, they've looked more consistent. All right, I think I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to pick the Titans over the Browns. That was your original pick. Yeah, I've decided. <laughs> I, I actually have that, too. I have t- – I mean – uh, amongst others, I have New Orleans to upset Tennessee to upset and Washington to upset Buffalo. Here's why. Yeah, um, I have to. Buffalo's at home. I mean, Washington's at home. I'm sorry. It's almost seven points. I don't know that Buffalo can put that up on this defense. They didn't do well with the Jets defense. No. Uh, and I think that uh, this defense is pretty good. Okay. What about a lock? How about a game that absolutely – and don't give me an easy one. Like, we already know Dallas should destroy right, and right. Kansas City should destroy Chicago. But I'm, I'm locking. Okay. I would have probably locked it even if Rodgers was there. Okay. Locking Patriots over the Jets. Belichick okay. does not lose to the Jets. <laughs> I think he lost to them three times in his career. He loses to the Dolphins. 40 times they've yeah. played. He lost three times. I'm, okay. I'm picking the Patriots. I'm buying that. I'm I'm locking in the Chargers at Minnesota. They both need a win. I think LA needs it more. They are favored, so I'm going Chargers over Minnesota at home. Yeah, I'm going to be picking the Seattle Seahawks second week in a row. I'm going to be picking them over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be difficult for any team to be able to stop all three of these receivers. Um, and I think it's it's an easy week for uh, JSN to g- get his blow-up game in this offense against this hurt secondary. Uh, it's just And their defense as well has just been hurt. You saw Shaq Thompson go down. He's going to be out for a, bit, a long amount of time. So uh, this is a hurt defense, and they just haven't looked explosive on offense. Well, I think the Seahawks can capitalize on that Seahawks. at home, at home. Seahawks, yeah, I'm going to ask you about the Seahawks in the future, so I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, people have opinions about these Seahawks. So, all right, as we are looking at our locks and upsets for Week Three, Caleb likes to do a segment called Educated Guess, where he looks at fantasy players that may not be on your current radar, not always the easy ones. Caleb, who do you have for us? All right, first I have this one's. He's been up and down all off season. I think he's been down lately, but I think he's shooting back up. But I'm going to say it. Kendry Miller, running back for the Saints. He was third on their roster. You know Alvin Kamara is suspended. And now finally Jamal Williams. Well, not finally. Well, unfortunately, Jamal Williams has a hamstring injury. They said he's doubtful for next week already. And Kendry Miller logged a full practice today, so he's looking to be the guy for this last week Mm -hmm. before Kamara comes in. So if he can make a splash here, he can secure that backup role somewhere in rotation. So he has some value there. So I look at Kendry Miller for the Saints. Second is quarterback Sam Howell. I think... He's ranked 10 right now as quarterbacks for fantasy, which is if you're in a 12-man league, he's a starter for you. He's, he looks very good. Yeah. He looked The best game he's ever had, I know he's only played like four games in his life for the NFL, but he had 300 yards, two touchdowns, a little bit of rushing yards against Denver. His schedule lightens up a ton the next few weeks. He plays the Eagles twice in New England. Other than that, the next 10 games, it looks like it'll be shootouts or easy game so Sam Howell he could put up consistently good points Eric Bieniemy is a great offensive mind they have two good solid weapons good running backs everything you want in an offense so if you're desperate for a quarterback you're the guy that 
faded quarterback and got Aaron Rodgers late. You need somebody. Yeah, Sam Howell's sure. probably your guy. Next, I'm going to say someone I've meant to say the other day but ended up not saying is Devontae Parker. Mm. He had eight targets, led the team in targets for the Patriots this week. 57 yards in the loss that he had. He just came off an injury. This is his first game playing. He had 60 yards against Miami. He looks to be their number one wide receiver. He signed a one-year deal with them to be their number one wide receiver, and he's proven to be that. He's 2% owned in Yahoo leagues currently, so he's definitely on your wire if you need some depth. If you're in a, a bigger roster league or a 14-16 man league, he's definitely someone that you could start. And lastly, uh-oh, I lastly, see the smile. You can call me crazy. Okay. Josh just mentioned that Munkin on the Baltimore Ravens is a little stalled out. I think Nelson Aguilar is the guy you need to pick up. You're crazy. I think he is an X factor for this roster. He has been everywhere he's gone. Yeah, yeah. He he's always been the guy that's deep. He always is the guy that is consistent. Unless you're an Eagles fan and you hate him. He's zero percent, so less than one percent owned in Yahoo leagues. He was a leading receiver for the Baltimore Ravens this week. Five of six targets, sixty-three yards, and a score. He Beckham's hurt. Uh, yeah. Bateman's not Beckham's getting used. Flowers is a rookie. Aguilar brings that veteran depth on yep. the team, and he's been the guy this past week. He's been the guy in the past. He was the guy for Derek Carr on the Raiders. He was the guy for Carson Wentz on the Eagles. He's He's been around everywhere. Great receiver. So Nelson Aguilar, look for him on your waiver wire. Excellent, Caleb. Thank you for that segment. Hey, let's jump into buy or sell. As you know, this is where I make a statement. I ask the guys simply, are they buying or selling what I'm laying down? You guys remember last year when the Bengals went 0-2 and then they rambled off 12 out of 14 wins to uh, to make a run? Here's the statement. Joe Burrow will recover from his slow start for the second season in a row. You're buying or selling? I'm going to sell. I think that their offense, like I've said for two years now, should have gone tackle over Jamar Chase. I think they were too splashy. Obviously, the year that they got Chase, they went to the Super Bowl, and it was great. Right. Hurrah, highest-scoring offense in the league behind the Chiefs. But um, I think it's starting to catch up to him. Joe Burrow, he's towards ACL, and now he has a calf injury, which carried over from the offseason. So I don't think they recovered from this. I think okay. that they, they'll be 0-4 before they wow. know it. Okay. I, 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 I just don't believe in this team anymore. They look stalled out. Are you predicting that, that L.A. will upset them to this week? Is this a hot take? Is that what I'm hearing from you? I mean, I don't think it's that much of a hot take. Okay. Cincinnati's favored by six and a half over the Rams. You're it's saying. Silly. The Rams were down. They lost by three. Or it's a touchdown to the 49ers this week. Okay. You heard it here first, guys. I, I, I'm selling. Okay. <laughs> Buying or selling, Josh? I'm going to sell. I think that this division is – I think everyone in this division is going to continue to win. I know the Browns did not look great, but they did have a win over the Bengals. They have the advantage in the division over them currently, and they do have an easier schedule uh, coming up versus that of the Bengals. Uh, I think the Steelers, they're always just there. They're going to win nine games for whatever reason. Yeah. And I think uh, I think the Bengals continue to slow down a little bit, but I do think at some <coughs> point they will be back. I just don't think that is right now. I think Joe Burrow, he played very injured. Uh, it was a problem for him. I know they say when he came back into the game to complete the game, but he was walking very slow out from the game, and he there's a good chance he does miss this game as well. Mm. So it's Let not be it's good. it's very questionable for them right now. Uh, Jamar Chase he had a touchdown knocked out of his hands by Rocky Sin, hit him right in the chest. It's been suspect for them, and uh, I do think they'll bounce back at some point in the season. I just don't think it's it's right now. I know they have traditionally started off slow, as you said, but once again, I'm not buying for right now. I'm selling. Yeah, I'm you know. <sighs> I'm just I've never bought the Bengal hype. I always thought they played better than they were and I've been 
Call me a hater. Been waiting for you know Joey to fall off the, the top of the mountain. Right now he's a media darling, but sooner or later they'll get the facts, and I just don't think he's that good. All right, let's move on to the next statement. The Browns' offense will still be productive without Nick Chubb. Buying or selling? I'm gonna buy. I think they looked fine last night. I was. You'd be more worried about Deshaun Watson with his two personal fouls he had last mm-hmm. night, a face mask and then unnecessary roughness. I'd be more worried about that. I think the running game looked fine. Ford came in and immediately looked like nothing changed. I know that I'm not discounting Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, obviously, best running back in the league outside right. of maybe Taylor, you can argue. But I think it looked fine. He came in at over 100 scrimmage yards, had a 70-yard run that he ripped in the third quarter, I believe. Right. So I think they're going to be great. Their offense on paper is amazing. Their wide receivers are great. I think mm-hmm. they need to focus on using their wide receivers more well, and less of their tight end screens and less of their run game. But, yeah, yeah, they'll be productive on buying. Um, first of all, let me tell you, I'm about to sneeze. I've been fighting this this whole episode. The guys in the house know it's absolutely terrifying when I do. So I'm not going to stop tape when I do. I'm just going to terrify everybody when this happens. So forgive me. Um, it's going to happen. I can't fight it. Um, the Browns offense will be productive. I think that, that even though he's a great player, he has a lot of value. I think they realize the need to replace him. I don't think it changes their offensive philosophy. If anything, like you said, Caleb, it forces Watson to step up. It forces them to use Elijah Moore, which, what are you doing? Use Elijah Moore. It's going to uh, force Amari Cooper, who's already Mr. On and Off, to be more on. This is what the Browns maybe needed as a wake-up call to jumpstart their offense. So I'm actually team, and Nick, we love you, bro, but I think your team can get a little rally around you maybe a little bit. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna buy. I think I mean Nick Chubb's fantastic. Um but when people have talked about the Cleveland Browns, they haven't really brought up Nick Chubb as the reason they're winning games. No. I mean he, he clearly has and yeah, he has oh, yeah. at the end of games for sure. But I think Jerome Ford being the guy that he is, I think he's gonna be productive enough to fill in. Um, not be like a, as much of a game changer or as consistent as Nick Chubb. But I think this offense, as you said, is gonna push them to pass more. Um they have had a ton of points scored against them, and it's not necessarily been their defense. The Steelers scored uh, two touchdowns with their uh, sorry, with their defense. Yeah. yeah, and so it's it's not been points scored against the defense, and so it looks worse than it is. I think their defense has been playing out of their mind. Um, they are the number one rushing team in the NFL right now. I know Nick Chubb is gone, but Jerome Ford, very explosive guy, as we yep. said. He's going to fill in and be explosive as well. So I think if they can just develop this passing game, you guys both said it, don't feature – you know, we like David Njoku. We like Harrison yes. Bryant. Don't feature him. Don't dump it off to him. Don't like, use your yak guys. You have them. You have Cedric Tillman. You have all these weapons. Yeah, just use EBJ, them. You got I know Deshaun Watson's still getting used to the system. He's still getting used to the game. He's barely played with his team, uh, but we can only say that for so long until it's it's too far. So I know the expectations are high for them and this trade and everything, but I do believe they will be productive without Nick yep. Chubb. Yes. So we all agree. Next statement. Geno Smith is showing us he deserves his title as starter in Seattle. Buying or selling, Josh? Does this cat finally prove to anybody anything, or is the jury still out on Geno Smith? I think from what Geno Smith showed us that one year, he's a backup for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened, he took a, a giant leap from then mm-hmm. to right now. He's been able to conduct this offense with basically no turnovers. He's been able to dump it off. Like he's doing what guys like Daniel Jones and everyone everyone that kind of made a leap last year mm-hmm. All very similarly. So I think he is proving to us he deserves to be the starter in Seattle. So you're buying. Uh, he's getting paid like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a, like, he's obviously not a high-end, big-armed guy. But he does enough with Pete Carroll 
I mean, he had 330 yards, two touchdowns. He didn't have many bad incompletions, no picks. Like he's proven to us he can be the starter. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just I don't, he's not a high-end, big-armed guy, and that's what turns us away. Right. And obviously, seeing what he was 10 years ago with the Jets was just turned us off even more. Caleb, is it possible he stole Russell Wilson's mojo? Because Russell, as I, I think, no, Russ, the second half of that game, it looked like Russ. Well, yeah, with the one half of a second half in a year. But I mean, he leaves Seattle, and the mojo stays in Seattle. Uh, I'm starting to buy this mess. Like, I don't think he'll ever be anything like great and record setting. You know, I agree with Josh. No, I think he figured something out when he was behind Russell Wilson. And I mean, in my opinion, he's the reason they won that game in overtime. Like, he he did his job, and that's what you need to do is be a clutch guy. Are you buying or selling Caleb? I mean, he's a system guy. He's a Jimmy G, similar caliber quarterback. Obviously, he's taking leaps. Him and Jimmy G both were backups. Both became starters. Similar situations. I know Gino's been in the league a little bit longer. The system's perfect for him. There's a lot of weapons around him. Three great receivers, two great running backs, tight ends, blockers, blah, 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 defense. Great team. Obviously, he's a starter I'm buying. You still think that uh, Pete Carroll's garbage? I think he's overrated. (laughs) Oh, I love it. All right, last I, one. I think you can't doubt his quarterback development. Yeah, he's been great with that. He really has. You but know? I, th- I think everything else he's been responsible for, like defensive line and so forth, yeah. it's just yeah. been... Well, Dan Quinn was there a long time. He's yeah. had a lot of yeah. pieces. He gets a lot more Legion credit for the Legion of Boom than he yeah. should, I think. Yeah. That's why I mean by Emerging Russell Wilson with yeah. Pete Carroll and then the Legion of Boom with all those guys they got in late round, Richard Sherman, guys like that, with Dan Quinn. So Yeah. Last statement, then we're going to move on to, to wrapping up here. Sean Payton will turn around the Broncos this season, buying or selling. I'm going to buy. I think he didn't coach for how many years? Two? Three? Yep. Since 2020? Just one, I think. He took a break. He's, he's one or two. Way. I think it's two. Yeah. Um, I'm going to buy. I think you saw in this game flashes. Russell Olsen's finally thrown to the outside of the field. Marvin Mims, you know him. If you, if you know him, you know him. So, uh. I think they look. They're going to look good. They're going to get back on track. It's going to take some time for them to figure some things out. Russ had to learn a new system with Nathaniel Hackett after only being with Pete Carroll his whole career, and now he's learning Sean Payton's scheme. So it's obviously going to be some some growing pains there. I think anywhere is up from the Broncos last year. They were miserable. And probably not the worst team record wise. I forget what they were. Were they bottom five? I believe so. Yeah, but they were just miserable to watch. They're the most painful team to watch last year. So mm-hmm. obviously they're going to be better. That's a turnaround to me. So I'm buying. Yeah, I'm going to buy as well. Um, it's going to be difficult in the next coming weeks. They do have the Dolphins this next week. Uh, they do have a couple of cupcake matchups with the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets. You know, you would assume that a team like this would be able to beat those two guys, those two teams, uh, and how they have played on offense especially. Um, then they have the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Chiefs. Then the bye week and the Buffalo Bills. But after that, it really opens up. They have the Vikings, the Browns, the Texans, the Chargers, the Lions, the Patriots, the Chargers, and Vegas once again. So really, if we're looking for a bounce back, it has to be coming off that bye week because they do face the Chiefs twice. And uh, hopefully, if they can steal one of those away from them, it'll, it'll look like a good bounce back season for them, I do think. Excellent. Hey, guys, looking at week three, we're wrapping up our episode. Uh, a lot of listeners are asking about fantasy, so we're trying to give them a little bit of insight, Caleb, as you know. But as we wrap up for looking at week three's preview, any fantasy matchups at all that you see that are favorable, that you should start that you should sit based on the current schedule. Yeah, I'm going to start with a running back down south in Houston. Not because I just traded for him in fantasy, but Damian Pierce, <laughs> he's been bottled up. He's not really been in the scheme of these right, games. Right. He's kind of been schemed out. I think Jacksonville, 
They played pretty slow last week. They played pretty bad. They had a lot of mistakes. I think Damian Pierce starts out early. I think he finally gets his touchdown. I think he has over 80 yards and a touchdown this game. He deserves a bounce back. He he won, I know this doesn't matter, but he won the angry run of the year last year <laughs> from the Good yeah. Morning Football's award. Yeah. He's an angry runner. He runs hard. He's going to get the volume. He's their guy. I think it's bound to happen. It's been it was week three now, so it has to happen. Yeah, and I think we have, I think you can start Brandon Cooks against this Arizona Cardinals defense. I know the Arizona Cardinals are just not good. Uh, they're secondary. They have a bunch of young players back there, and the speed of Brandon Cooks is evident. We saw in week one. I know he is a little hobble right now, but he was very much so close to playing last week, and he is going to play this week. But you look at the receivers uh, last week for the Giants against the Cardinals. Darren Waller had 80 yards. Darius Slayton had uh, a couple of deep balls thrown to him. He had 60 yards. Jalen Hyatt, he had two for 90. Uh, everyone was getting deep targets in this game and I think those are going to connect for the Dallas Cowboys the attention is clearly going to be on CeeDee Lamb how efficient he's been the last two games uh, he has what he has, I think he has 60 percent of the passing yards mm. or receiving slash passing yards for the Cowboys right now someone's going to jump in and I yeah. think it's Brandon Cooks against yeah. the Cardinals. Is he, is he healthy this coming week? He is he's yes. Back. Guys I, I have Raheem Mostert in a lot of leagues and you know he really started to turn it on last week he's he's getting the bulk of the carry the only Dolphin back to see more than three carries in either of their games this season but he was heating up and I think he's a safe bet uh, against that Bronco defense at home. Um, obviously they're a high powered offense they're going to throw to their big guy, little guys <laughs> see what I did there. Well, a lot, but I would say start this guy I, I threw him in my lineup and I would definitely say go with uh, Raheem Mostert. A guy I'm going to say, if you own him, you've been frustrated. He's gotten under 15 touches a game. Mm-hmm. If he's on a top five offense, it makes you mad when you watch the games. You wonder why they don't run the ball. It is the Chiefs. It is Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. He is playing the Bears, who has been getting eviscerated by people this year already. <laughs> you watched Aaron Jones week one have 120 scrimmage yards against him. I believe he scored twice or something. I don't remember if it was him or Dylan that scored twice. Either way, Pacheco is... Hasn't had more than 15 carries. He's had 12 and 8. He hasn't had more than 70 yards. He had 70 yards last week. He is going to get the ball in this game. It's going to be a high-scoring game for the Chiefs. The Bears are miserable this year. They lost, uh, was it Brisker they lost this past week? Brisker and Gordon, I think. Yeah, they lost both their starting DBs this week. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball over him in the first half. It's going to be a blowout. Pacheco's going to get a lot of carries to maintain the clock in the second half. I think it's finally time for him to pay out. You got him in the fourth or fifth round in your your fantasy league. He's finally going to pay out for you. Yeah, and I think I have two guys here, two rookies. I think Jameer Gibbs, you look at him. David Montgomery has a thigh bruise. Who you just traded for. I did just trade you for him. <laughs> uh, I was willing to give up Barkley, I will say that. For Gibbs. So, high expectations for Gibbs. Very high. Um, but he's playing against Atlanta. Uh, traditionally, Atlanta just hasn't been good on defense and they've been playing up this year but they have played against young quarterbacks they played against Bryce Young they played against Jordan Love there's been miscues there's been mistakes they're both starting in their first season well you look at a guy Jared Goff very consistent doesn't turn over the ball that often Uh, Jameer Gibbs taking over as the RB1 he has a lot of receiving traits he's gonna be used as a receiver I believe he had nine targets last week and seven receptions Uh, we know the inside linebackers for the Falcons just can't cover Troy Anderson he's probably out as well um, I just think this is a great week for Jameer Gibbs to bounce and, and be the full-time starters against the Falcons defense all right, before we give you some guys that you should sit as we look and we're all going to give you one we think you should sit Caleb's got one more you've got to start one more you got to start and this is someone you drafted him in the second or third round and you're mad at yourself you're like why did I do this Najee Harris on the Steelers keep him in there 
There's an acronym. I'm not going to spell it for you. It's always start your studs. You can use your brain for that one. Um, <laughs> the Raiders. We're a family show. Kid. Just gave up 127 rushing yards to James Cook. James Cook is not Najee Harris. Najee Harris is due for his. He's going to get his points. I know he's gotten four points the past two weeks. I know it's miserable. You're watching Jalen Warren run. You're like, what's happening? Jalen Warren's probably better. He's not. He's going to get his points here against the Raiders. Start JSN. That, that is a hot take because I was just getting that question today about who's the best running back in Pittsburgh. But Well, listen, let me explain it real quick. Okay. When it's third and 20, the defense is going to let your third down back, which is Jalen Warren, get 14 yards. They're going to let him do it. They're not going to let him get the first down. They're going to let him get as many yards as they want. Right, right. So he's going to put up more yards than he that it does. It's it's real life football versus fantasy football. He's not better than Najee Harris. I got you. I got you. All right, you got to sit him for me. He's still starting. Uh, I was going to say I I said I was two rookies start JSN. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is a great matchup. There's been holes in the Panthers defense. Uh, Michael Thomas had a great game against him week one. The I believe Kyle Pitts had a great week down the field as well. Uh, both didn't pass very well. I think Geno Smith's going to play well, and I think JSN's going to have a big week against uh, this defense. All right, let's talk about sit-ems. We've got to give a couple people that should probably sit down. Yeah, sit em. Problem is, who I'm thinking of is a starter. Ah, well, that's okay. If you want to warn our people uh, who are listening about not starting them, because even like C.D. Lamb was very candid about he didn't care how many targets he gets as long as they keep winning. You know, yeah. so there's players that care about their numbers and players that don't. You know what I mean? Um, All right, well, sit him. I'm going to say sit Rashad White. He's been hot for you if you have him. And PPR, he's been great for you. He's on the Bucks. He's playing against the Eagles this week. The Eagles have been very tough against the run. Their defensive line is one of the best in football. Again, they have one of the best both sides of the ball lines in the league. Rashad White isn't a great pure runner. He's great catching the ball. So you can flip a coin there. They could be behind against the Eagles and have to throw to him a lot, or they could be close and not use him at all. So I would stray away from him if I if I had him. Yeah, I would say I would say bench Jordan Love this week. Uh, I know he's been hot the first two weeks, but the Saints' defense is just very consistent. The amount of pressure they're putting on Bryce Young was pretty terrifying. Um, and once again, Jordan Love, a new quarterback, a new starter. Uh, he had miscues last week. I think it's going to be a problem. Cam Jordan and just this Demario Davis, all these dudes, all these veterans just know how to get after young quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a problem for Jordan Love. You know, guys, it pains me to say this because even though I'm a Cowboys fan famously, I love A.J. Brown. But if you look at his numbers over two weeks, he's really given you one good game in his two weeks, meaning – and I have him on my fantasy teams. Uh, it's been tough to start him. I don't see him waking up this week. I do see him getting hot, but he's playing the Bucks. The Bucks are at home. Uh, I don't see him waking up and giving you big fancy numbers. You're looking for guys that in standard scoring are going to give you 10-plus points at the wide receiver position. He hasn't been able to do that. I'd say sit him at least one more week, and then I, he's going to have big games. I just I could be wrong. could be this week. It's, it's half luck. But my gut's telling me A.J. Brown's not going to do hot this week. I'm going to say sit Jerry Judy. I don't th- you're very brave if you started him last week. I think he only had 26 yards. Um, he's playing against Xavier Howard, who is one of the best corners in the past five, six years. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't start him against him. He's going to be shadowing him the whole game. Russell Wilson, y'all are on the fence on him. We're all kind of on the fence on him. I think he's good, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> but Jer- Jerry Judy is going to be shadowed by one of the best corners in the league. He just came back from a hamstring injury. It doesn't look good. I wouldn't. I would stray away. Yeah, and I would say... You can bench Brian Robson. I know he was RB1 last week. Uh, I know they're playing at home. I just think this passing offense is really going to open up against the Bills. I don't think you can rely on uh, Mr. Brian Robinson for his two touchdowns. 
Uh, I just think he's he's been relatively – he's been good this year. He has been good this year, uh, but he hasn't been, like, incredibly good. And I think this defense, we saw what they did to Josh Jacobs last week. I don't think he can start Brian Robinson against that defense right now. And I think Sam Howell, they're going to force him to throw. You're going to see a big week from Jahan Dotson because of that. All right, as you look at this uh, final – uh, glance at the week three schedule. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up, guys? I could like. Let me ask you this: It's kind of a buy or sell. Um, Arizona has been playing pretty good for a team that we considered the dumpster fire of the league starting out. Dallas is there. Is Dallas going to score thirty-five on them and keep them under ten points? No, no. I think Dallas is going to win the game. They're not really going to try. As you saw, they let Brandon Cook sit out last week. I know he had a knee issue. I think was it swelling or soreness. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, nothing serious he's going to play next week. I think they knew that they were going to beat the Jets, and they kind of just let him sit. So I think the Dallas Cowboys aren't going to really – obviously Micah Parsons and players like that are going to get theirs because sure. they're in the run for MVP right now. So Dallas runs out of gas this week? No, I don't think they run out of gas. I think they just take the gas up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, their defense has been playing outstanding, the Cowboys obviously. Yeah. Um, We'll see if their offense – I mean, the the Cardinals have just been sending guys. They've been sending uh, a ton of pressure at quarterbacks. So we'll see how the offensive line uh, stays for the Cowboys. Obviously, going to be difficult with that many guys rushing at you, regardless. Uh, but it does open up the passing game down the field. So it I does. think I think big plays will come from the Cowboys, but it will be uh, much more pressure than any other game they've had so far. And it might be closer than people want it to be, but. I, I, it's obviously I think the Cowboys are going to win this one so far so good I, you know we've we preach and preach every week that the NFL is a, a coaching league and we're seeing the fun that we're that Dan Quinn's having with this defense having all the tools in place and now Mike McCarthy looks like he's having fun Dallas's offense looks better than ever don't want to be a homer so far so good I don't want to over you know overthink it but I mean 70 points and allowing 10 is pretty unprecedented uh, for any team yeah and I am curious how this Chiefs Bears game is going to play mm-hmm. I know the Chiefs have kind of not played very well on offense. They still, still obviously have Pat Mahomes. Travis Kelsey is now back. Uh, they've been rough though. Their receivers, their offensive line outside of Creed Humphrey, like it's been it's been troublesome for them as well as the Bears. But Justin Fields, he has the same quarterback percentage, uh, completion percentage as Patrick Mahomes, and he's only I think a hundred yards away, and the only one touchdown behind. I know it's only two weeks, but the offenses have both been suspect. Um, and this defense obviously is going after a run, uh, running quarterback. So we'll see. I think Justin Fields will be able to escape and make more plays than people expect. It might be closer than you want as well. I think it's just it's one of those weeks where, for some reason, last year we saw the, the Chiefs lose to the Colts yeah. in a low-scoring yeah. game. It might feel like that once again for the Chiefs, in my opinion. Excellent. Well, guys, that is our, our preview and recap for Week 3. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Tune in. We'll see you next time. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell a friend and help us spread the word. We've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own Guys Without Helmet gear. We also post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.